You're listening to The Parenting Couch with Sarah Levitt. Little people problems, big people solutions. Hi, Sarah Levitt here and welcome to The Parenting Couch. And now excited to announce in partnership with North Shore Mums. And especially excited because this is the first episode But I'm particularly excited because this is something I've wanted to do for a really long time. I've wanted to have that honest conversation, you know, about what parenting's really like and kind of burst the bubble, you know. (laughs) I mean, I read a lot of books. You know, I feel like I did a TAFE course in breastfeeding, despite people saying, it's natural, it just happens. You know, I feel it's time. It's a great opportunity to expand on community, to feel like we're not alone, you know, that when you first become a parent, I mean, I know for me, I felt really alone. And um, is it just me that's going through this? Am I going crazy? You know, and they go backwards to go forwards. It's my hope with this podcast that we can connect more, that it'll support, inform. It's for everyone. I want so many people to hopefully benefit from this. We're going to have professionals on and, you know, high-profile people because if we can see that even though they seem like they have these really shiny and glossy lives that actually they do it tough too, then, you know, hopefully that'll make us feel a bit better about ourselves. Hopefully have kids on and parents from the community. Every week, you know, we'll roll out a new episode covering all sorts of topics, everything and anything to do with what's going on for people or the community or in the media. Cover off on those, talk about those. There'll be chances, get wonderful giveaways and things, you know, for your family, yourself. It's time to have the conversation. I'm really excited because my first interview is with Rachel Coops. And she and I had a lovely time sitting down together, relaxed on the couch. And that's it too, you know. I've called it the parenting couch. I know you'll be able to see the, obviously, the humour in it. Also, at the same time, you know, I want it to be relaxed too and for everyone to feel comfortable, feel it's inclusive. It just felt like the right time for me. I work with children now. I have a background in radio and stand-up and have a love of people, a love of kids Uh, And I have a child, of course, and that's my main inspiration. Uh, She's six and a half and my greatest challenge. (laughs) No, my my greatest teacher, my greatest love, of course, as well. I really hope you get a lot out of it. So please sit back and relax. I hope you enjoy the first episode. Grab a wine, coffee, tea, gin, whatever your thing is. (laughs) And here we go. Actress, play school presenter, single mum, fabulous mum, yoga teacher and storyteller, Rachel Coops. Welcome to The Parenting Couch. Thank you. What an honour and privilege to be on the inaugural (laughs) podcast. Very exciting. So exciting and I'm so grateful. This episode is actually focusing on how to keep you calm amongst the storm. That You have a six-year-old son, Gabriel. So how do you find it from, say, the baby years to now that he's six? Mm. So everyone told me, probably trying to make me feel better at the time, <laughs> As <laughs> <they> they do. <laughs> that, you know, it gets easier in some ways and it gets harder in some ways, okay. yeah. parenting. So that even though they're little and they're babies, and especially during those tricky, terrible twos and threes and fours where their brains are developing and they're losing their mind on a daily basis (laughs) about various things, 
even though they're much easier to reason with as they get older. Yeah. I don't think, and you know, we're, as grown-ups, we know that life is challenging. I don't think challenges get any easier for them as they get older. I think they need to develop more and more strategies as they get older to manage the inevitable storm, which is life. And life is the weather changes, and we always have storms, and giving them tools and strategies to manage that is going to change as they get older. The big realisation for me has been it's so much about me. It's so much about the parent, and that used to be reflected back to me when he was younger as well. You're the grown-up. (laughs) <laughs> really? You have wow. to you have to yeah. manage your emotions mm-hmm. because they can't control what's going on in their brains as as no. the brain develops. Absolutely. We are old enough to know better. We have strategies or should have strategies by the time we become parents to manage our emotions so that we can manage the storm when it arises. I think for for most of us the problematic thing is today that we're not living a, in a world where we've been given a lot of strategies no. to manage and cope. No. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I think this is the thing that comes up a lot, isn't it? And I'm sure you find is that it should take a village, but it doesn't. You know, it's, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of comparing. There's a lot of, you know, I feel like it would be wonderful if that were more the case. Mm. But everybody would need to be on board, wouldn't they? You know, what I mean? it's like because we all parent differently as well. And yeah, I I say that we we are the one thing we're doing really wrong in this incredible age, particularly as women, where we have so many opportunities and we can live in a big city like Sydney or Melbourne or Paris or New York or wherever. You can live in those cities and have a career and have friendships and yeah. have kids. You just can't do it well all at once. No. And I think the thing we are doing the worst is this model of parenting. That is, traditionally we were brought up in tribes where Mm. we had the wisdom of aunties and great-grandparents and great-aunties who... So every different behavioural and health issue on the spectrum would have been experienced by someone in your tribe and they had the answers. Yeah. And now, like so many of us, we have to go into a vortex of Google because (laughs) we're living generally in this tiny apartment. Too much information. (laughs) Too much information because we we don't have anywhere to get the information from because we live either, for me, single parenting, for many people in relationships, two people in a house or an apartment by themselves with a child. Steve Mm. Martin famously said a baby is like putting a bomb in a marriage. (laughs) That's a great analogy. I mean, I say it, but not so eloquently that. <laughs> yeah. And then we're expected to figure it out. Yeah. And so I think the community is such an important part mm. of parenting, and I, I feel like we find that through schooling years. Later? Later. Yeah. Yes. yeah I but felt quite alone earlier. earlier. Yeah. Like, Over time, I've, I've become more and more clear that yoga is actually about becoming or discovering who you really are. And when you become a parent, no matter your circumstances, who you thought you were is no longer. And so... Yeah, I just find it gives me goosebumps because I find that really, like, that's how I felt that you've sort of, you know, you put the words around it. And also, you know, again, we're having this conversation and we're having this conversation because that makes me feel so much better because that's how I felt. And to hear you say that, I go, oh, wow, like, oh. That must be how everybody feels. Absolutely. And I think your sense of identity 
is completely blown out. And mm. when we have been blessed with so many choices as women now, yeah. and we have had a very strong sense of, and and not not just a strong sense of who we think we are, but a very strong sense that anything is possible. And suddenly your possibilities and your world shrinks somewhat. <laughs> like yeah, the possibility yeah, of yeah. having a shower, let yeah, alone after a hot <laughs> cup of coffee, becomes yeah. limited. <laughs> so your world becomes smaller. And where I think, and I don't know about you, but I, I found that my big discovery in those tricky moments and when the storm comes and when tantrums come, you cannot control them which is very challenging mm-hmm. when you have controlled mm-hmm. every other aspect of your life. Especially in public, <laughs> where we, you know, hey, hey. And you, well, what I discovered was that generally if the heat rises and the storm starts and I cannot prevent the storm from my internal world and I add to the storm yeah. by throwing in some some mm. more lightning mm. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes it worse yeah and that is not to say that I don't still do that I because know. I still oh, have no. my moments of course right, right? Of I course. mean even being more aware of that and they're older so it's different it really highlighted to me the importance of taking care of myself right I think we, and I'm not talking taking care of myself like necessarily, you know, having a bath and being super indulgent, but it's if I'm not, if I'm not okay, when I'm tired, when my patience is limited, recently I've been really busy, he was sick, I was sick, I wasn't Mm. sleeping as much again, Mm. and it took me back to when he was, he had reflux for 18 months as a baby. And that's really hard. He didn't sleep for, for almost two years. Wow. For the first 18 months of his life, wow. I slept for 45-minute cycles. Oh, my gosh. And like it isn't hard enough when they're doing the things they're supposed to be doing at that age, you know, like sleeping yeah. for longer blocks and feeding, you know, all that. I've yeah. never grasped how people do that. It was, it was, it was cha- very, yeah. very challenging. What I did kind of reflect on recently is, wow, my, I have a shorter fuse. Yeah. And so I know when those times come, there's a lot you can't do about it. And he had pneumonia recently. Wow, pneumonia. His, his fuse was shorter, my fuse was shorter. And so I just communicated with him, but I'm really tired. Right. You're really tired. Mm. And I know it's time to prioritise getting some sleep, getting like finding ways to do the things for me that I need in that moment to make sure I'm okay. Yeah, because when I'm, I can teach him strategies. Sure. But if I'm not practicing those absolutely. strategies myself, to model. there's absolutely no point. My my favorite moment though was uh, not so long ago. I've always said to him to take three conscious breaths. So and we okay. take them yeah. together. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's yeah. one of my strategies. He can't always do it, and he'll often say to me, "It doesn't work in the heat of the moment." <laughs> I had a reaction to something, and I can't even remember what it was, but he really calmly, <laughs> deadpan face, says to me, Mum, did you just forget to take three conscious breaths? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I did. And At least you admit it, though, right? At least take I responsibility, it. own it. But it's working. Like, there's a part Absolutely. of him where it's landed Brilliant. in his Absolutely. psyche. <laughs> oh, how good's that, though? They're those moments, right? They're the moments where... 
all those harder ones fall by the wayside because you have that affirmation, confirmation that they have. It has been sinking. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we all know how hard it is to dig deep in those in those moments where mm. it's. I remember, you know, thinking. One of, the, one of the things I think that I, I feel this is a very common one is when kids spill things, paint goes on the wall, you know, and that can be very triggering for some people, not others necessarily. And I remember um, finding it quite easy in that moment to be like, oh, well, I left the pseudo cream in the lounge room and she's painted the room with it. Can't really be angry, not her fault, because mm. I did it as much as I'm looking at the room and the couch going, oh, my God, this hell am I going to clean up? Pseudo mm. cream! But I kind of went, yeah. But there are other times, of course, where, like, I remember a time where she was so little and so determined and wouldn't leave the park. And I tried all my things. of okay, do you want to walk or I'll carry you? Like, I was trying to do my strategies and I finally just... And I remember carrying her out of the park, screaming. And, you know, you're, you're heating up and you're like, everyone's looking at me mm. and you get in the car and it's just like... And you know you've just done it shit. Like, mm. it's just, I didn't, that's not how I wanted that to go. Like, mm. So it's amazing how we all also have different things that do trigger us. Mm. It's going to be different for everybody, those moments. I don't know what the things are for you. Like, is there something? But don't you think in life, too, that there's times in life when none of your strategies work. None of them. <laughs> right? It's not just with parenting. No, There's times no, in are. life none of your strategies work. None of them. And we try to, we've tried everything to get out of whatever that experience is that we're trying to avoid. Yeah. It, it's, and it is about leaning into the discomfort of that moment. Yes. And in that moment, a screaming child, there is nothing worse than carrying mm. a screaming child out of somewhere. Mm. <laughs> I think too. Yeah, I, it's I, everyone's I, worst nightmare. It's right everyone's now, worst nightmare. And I remember being in the park sometimes, and and goodness me, G could throw a killer tantrum when right. he wanted to. Yeah. And is a very sensitive child. And those moments when you're in the park and you know, actually, I don't even know if this is true. And in, in with reflection, of course, when we're out of an experience, we can look back and go. It wasn't true. But in the, at the time, I was painfully aware that being on play school and having people in the park, sometimes that would recognise you as absolutely. a play school presenter. Oh, my gosh. With a toddler. That adds another level, right? <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> and someone, you know, someone's child has smiled and waved at you or some parent's smile, giving you the smile where, oh, you know, yeah, we sometimes watch the show. It's such a great show. And then you're on high alert because, wow. like, please don't become the poltergeist child today, gee. Please don't become the poltergeist child. Let's just have a nice time at the park so that everyone isn't aware. But, of course, they're the moments mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. all the wheels come off. Yep. So I think the, the thing about strategizing is it's all fine and well, but everyone is going to have that experience where all of your strategies don't work. Yeah. And understanding that and the way that I used to view a lot of my ethics the lens through which which I used to view a lot of my ethics like the first ethic of um, the yoga philosophy is is ahimsa which is non-harming or kindness or compassion and I used to view it in a very particular way being someone who didn't have a child oh 
footloose and fancy free, baby. Yeah. And a, you know, dogmatic yoga practitioner who could practice for two hours a day and drink my green juices and now understanding what it really means. Like, what does compassion really mean Mm. in a moment like that? Mm. What is, what is compassion Mm. in a moment like that? And, Partly there's compa- how do you hold compassion for your child in a moment like that? How do you maintain that little thread of compassion that goes, you are a brain that is trying yes. to form and there is actually yes. nothing you can do of what's happening for you in this moment. And then compassion for self yes. of like, this is triggering every neurosis mm. in me mm. for whatever reason. And holding space for both of you in that moment to go the 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 process of compassion and nonviolence is actually just getting through it it's just accepting that yeah. it's happening and not beating myself up for Absolutely. my strategies That's not working so yeah i think the, the harder thing is sometimes how do i hold, hold compassion for my child in that moment because it's easy to hold compassion for a sleeping child everyone loves a sleeping baby <laughs> <laughs> oh aren't they the cutest <laughs> That's when we're ovulating and we see a sleeping baby. We think, oh, that's a good idea. Let's have some more of those. When the accident and then we're premenstrual and it's not a sleeping. You go, yeah, never in a million years will I do that again. Um, Yes, I think the the framework. You have to change the framework of how we view things, like what we've always held so close to ourselves, whatever they are for you. For me, it was, and I think that's why I used to beat myself up so badly after. What were, the, what were some of the things like, because um, I think, you know, we all have that voice that comes on afterwards that does berating of ourselves and how we could have done it. But what was it for you? Like, what yeah, was the like, sort of... that was shit parenting. Yeah. And right. that was, there was nothing kind about that response and there was nothing graceful about that response and there was nothing, um, there was nothing about that moment I was proud of, yeah. you know, and... I have got really good at owning up to it, to my son certainly, and I try to be with other people because part of the learning yeah, for me course. was like, wow, I can, I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Right. I actually have, I didn't understand anger. I, I never used to get angry before I had my son. And I, but that's because you drank a lot of green juice and did yoga. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. that's the cure. <laughs> no, it is, of course, a massive part of it, however... <laughs> Children I don't know that it bring was, out all I think, yeah. of the darkness, all think, of the hard parts of ourselves. Yes, our greatest teacher. <laughs> I do. I think part. I don't think it. I think it's just that I'd never been triggered in that way, no, in a different way than normal. Yeah. I think it matters how much friggin' green juice you drink. You, <laughs> life's going to deliver you some experiences that yeah. are going to trigger you, and children do it. He showed me fear and anger mm. in. Parts of myself I didn't know existed. Yeah, wow. It's like Pandora's box in there, isn't it? Yeah. What a gift, though, because then oh, you have to you see it in yourself oh, and you're like, oh. how do I work with this yeah. part of myself? How do I work with the fact that I'm way more fearful and angry than I ever imagined I was? I work with those things within myself as part of my parenting because if I'm not looking at those things, then I'm going to keep... Yeah having those moments going, I'm not proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, you just repeat the pattern over and over again until you yeah. understand. I think it's really interesting too. I don't know if you found this, but 
you know, we see our parents, of course, in a certain way until we have children, until mm. we have a child. Not only does that then bring out stuff about our own childhood, but it also changes the way you look at your own parent as well. Obviously, positive and negative. <laughs> so, but that's like you said, I think, before you were talking um, about how often still with your mum, you're like the 15-year-old. And I find that. I get into this place that, oh, the little girl, poor me, you know, mm. still with my own <laughs> with my own mum and I'm 41. It's mm. like my relationship with my parents became so much better after having my son because I was like, oh, now I get it. Like, this this shit is not easy. <laughs> I recognised just the humanity of, of parenting too and how it's no small thing. It's a huge challenge. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do, of course. But I look at my mum now through a completely different lens because she was, she was a kid when she had yeah, me. Yeah, right. Was you she know? young? She was young. She yeah. was 19. Oh, she was a kid. 19, imagine. I mean, we look at us now oh and how old we were, and I think of those people that do it that, at that age, and I go, oh, I mean, I would have given it a good crack, but... I have a, and I have a lot of respect now for, for young mums. You know, I've worked with some young parents, and I, I think... It's, it's such a huge undertaking and you really have to grow up. You know, you re- and that was the thing too. I think I was like having a child. I was like, oh, wow, this adulting thing is no joke when you have a child. <laughs> you have to grow up. Well, ideally, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the goal. That, and, and I think, you know, like you say, it, it, and you've really brought that home today is that really the importance of taking care of ourselves and understanding ourselves. Because sometimes I feel like this work that we do, and I've been doing a lot of it over the last few years, of really looking at myself, and it's painful, as you say. Otherwise, it, it, you know, it has to be mm. in order to grow. Because, yeah, you know, I mean, I was raised that you'd be stoic and you truck on. and So then allowing yourself that time, because you know it's better for your child if you take the time for yourself, whatever that is for you, whatever mm. your thing is that you do, yours is yoga and... You know, whatever that may be, but it, that also can be hard because we're indoctrinated with whatever we are, and society too. I think we're moving in a better direction, though, of understanding a bit more about it's okay to ask for help and support and also um, to take time for yourself. I hope that's becoming more of a conversation. I, I could be wrong. I feel mm. like it is a bit. I don't know, though. I don't know. I think community is a really huge part of it, and I think we have to be better with new mums. New mums, yeah. I think we have to, all of us as a community, have to step up more in in checking in, in not just reaching out, because I don't, I don't know about you, but I found it really humbling and challenging to accept help apart from my really close friends and they can only do so much for so long you know they've Mm. got lives as well i think the wider community as Mm. as as much as we can we have to be chipping in because the more people our kids have around us the more um, support not only we have but they have the more I always, yeah, I've always absolutely said true. and this came from a, a girlfriend of mine when he was younger when Gabriel was younger and I was feeling s- conflicted about how much I had to work right. and have him on the road with me wow. and handed around right. to so many yeah. people I, I and I did always feel guilty or conflicted did about you? that but yeah. someone once said to me the more people that 
kids know that love them. Right. The more people they get to spend time with, the more it's it, it's not just about you and this tiny little family unit that mm. we've now isolated ourselves right. into. They Absolutely. feel part of a broader community. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's not just about getting support for parents, but also getting support for kids and giving them a bigger picture of what community actually means. I actually think it's why we're seeing such a huge resurgence of things, you, you know, yoga studios mm-hmm. or the Pilates studios yeah, absolutely. and, and, and yeah, group yeah. training, F1 yeah, yeah. and all these kinds of absolutely. things. Absolutely. I mean, I work much better in that environment exercising. Yes. If I'm at home, I'll be like, oh, I'll just skip that one. That's fine. No one's watching. But I do you think <laughs> exactly. it's also about community. Yeah. I think people are... are we need our communities outside just our little family and friendship groups. We need to connect with each other. And just by having conversations and the conversation you're going to have on this podcast as well, it's like remembering that we are part of a larger group. We're yeah. not by ourselves just living in in tiny spaces together. You know, we, we're all connected. We can all offer each other more support than we are. I think we're doing a bad job of it right now. I think that that is certainly why, you know, more yoga studios and more, uh, you know, group training. But I agree in the sense there's also a, a massive rise of people with mental health issues too, though. Absolutely. So whilst that is helping those people that will go to those, mm. we also have... And I think it's being talked about more and people are, so that's why it's more prevalent and more out there. But I do, of course, technology, social media is playing a massive part in in anxiety and mental health issues for people as well. The thing I think is interesting when you talk about that, though, because I've had, you know, friends that will come along and... Like they'll start trying to parent Scarlett, my daughter, you know, and I think, oh, that's where I start to, yeah, that, is that just my trigger? Or, I mean, should I just be letting, what if it's different to the way, though, that you see things or like things to go? That's the part where I find it hard. But that's letting go, I guess, and just allowing the kids to experience that and not wanting to control that as much. Yeah. Exposure to other people. I mean, way of, everyone talks about that, don't they, how grandparents, how frustrated they are right. at grandparents, the way they parent and put them in front of the TV and feed them sugar or right. whatever that is. Yes, they give them yeah. whatever they want. There's give no boundaries. <laughs> no boundaries. But I kind of go, and Gabriel will say to me, he said to me in the past, you know, you're, you're mean, you're not my best friend Aww. anymore. And I said to him mm. the other day, I don't want to be your friend. I'm not your best friend. I said, you're going to have lots of friends. You're going to yeah. have, you've got grandparents, you've got a bunch of great grandparents. You've got um, amazing family and friends around you. You've got one mum. You've got one mum, and that's my job. And no it's one is going to love you fantastic. like your mum. No yeah. one's going to give you no. the rules and boundaries like your mum. But So this process of letting go of control as a parent and this process of surrender, because yeah. before long, when we have small children, we feel like we can control their, yes. their yes. beliefs. Oh, but before absolutely, long, yeah. We're not going to have any control. And so I feel like if we can be the best version of ourselves, they've always got that anchor to reflect back on the kind of people that we are rather than who we're telling them to be, if that makes sense. Or absolutely, absolutely. Setting them up, like you say, with the tools and strategies. And, and uh, boundaries. And boundaries, <laughs> which are very important. And then trusting, you know, then as well and allowing them to have their autonomy. I mean, that's where I feel, you know, as time goes on, as you say, because things are different when they're babies and toddlers and things, but things start to change in their awareness of their bodies and 
you know, hugs and kisses with relatives and things like this. All this stuff comes up, doesn't it? And mm. it's about letting them have their voice about that. And it might, and they're not us. They're not. They're not extensions of mm. us. They're their own little people that Absolutely. deserve to have their voice and say, oh, "I don't want to hug that person today." Absolutely. Which is triggering for a lot of people, of course, because it's like, but that's your uncle or your grandma. You have to do that because mm. otherwise they might get upset. <laughs> As opposed mm. to, hey. That's okay. You don't have to do that. Like, mm. You're allowed. And that's, I think, when they're little. I remember Jane Sergener, who um, works with babies and, and toddlers, once said to me, and she's an expert in that area, um, she once said to me, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And it really stuck right. with me. Yeah. There's always going to be this conversation around you know weathering storms and how to manage ourselves within the storms but the reality is as they get older all of the foundations you lay when they're little yes. hopefully I, of course. by the repetition at the end of the day a tantrum in a park in front of people feels like the scariest most awful thing in the world yeah in the moment and i think the liberating thing for me <laughs> at that time her, in her saying that was like, you know, you're not grappling with a child who is going through something, who's a 15-year-old going through something bigger in the world of addiction oh. or mental oh, health or anything oh. else. I almost see myself as an athlete preparing myself. <laughs> preparing myself <laughs> for, preparing for that. Myself. <laughs> preparing myself. Preparing yes, myself. Yes, everyone, she's on play school. That, <laughs> she's articulate. <laughs> that time in my life, yeah. you know, like... Can I can I do the work I need to do yes. to be the best version of the human being that I can in this moment with all the you know stuff that's going on? And I say this all you know from a place of I know that I'm very blessed. I know that my challenges, although they seem great for me, there's people who have had way greater challenges. Oh, absolutely. But and keep working at strategies for myself and sharing them with him. But that's the thing too, isn't it? They're talking to them. I think that, yeah. of course, as they get older, I think there's that thing maybe of past where showing vulnerability to your children is not okay and also, you know, talking to them about those types of things as well. Like I just don't think, I've always yeah. felt we never give them enough credit and what they get and how much they yeah. understand. And it's okay. Like I have, like you had times where I say, I am just feeling like I'm getting really cross, so I'm just going to need some space right now because I'm just going to keep getting crosser. So, mm. you know, moving into another room or deep breaths or whatever it takes, but being able to, like you say, say your feelings to them to model that as opposed to hiding in a room mm. and not letting them see you cry or get angry because I, I don't know if that was your experience, but I feel I think that was a little bit of a thing of the past too, you know. But. Absolutely, and, and we talk about everything, and I started that, really young yeah. because I want him to do that when he's 16. Yeah. We talk yes, about yes. everything. Yes. We talk about death. We yeah, talk wow. about... Isn't that a confronting one? Oh. Yeah, like we talk about everything and I've never asked him to get on a yoga mat or... Okay, um, right. But he watches me practice. He knows I spend a lot of time in the yoga studio. He's grown up in TV studios, theatres yes, and, and wow, yoga studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been around him, stories and yoga, and he watches me meditate. Okay. And so he, and I do put a meditation on for him at night, every night, but he asks for it now. So initially I offered the, I said, you know, listen to this when he was having trouble getting to sleep and he, so he tried it and he likes it. Now he listens to it every night, but his... Uh, interest. So he loves kind of doing 
yoga and meditation, but I never ask him outside of putting the meditation on at night. Yeah, like that's his little sleep thing. Yeah, but he has an interest in it because I think he sees what it does for me. <laughs> he sees that when after meditation, yeah, and after a coffee, mummy's much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Yeah. You have to rehydrate, meditate, and then caffeinate. This is my. <laughs> these are my thoughts. That's a slogan. <laughs> you know what is wonderful though, too. I just thought when you were talking before. Of course, you know I have a daughter. You have a son. They're actually the same age. Which you know, listening to the way you go about doing things, and that you're raising a boy. Mm. Um, and not to say raising a girl isn't just as important, but all of this stuff is so important. I think you know that for raising boys to be men and mm. everything, you know, because it is a confusing time for men as well in the world we live in as it is for women mm. in a different way. You know, I am always stoked when I meet someone like yourself who's incredible and, and doing all of this and raising a boy. Mm. So maybe we can hook up again when they're 15 and they can yeah. get together. <laughs> <laughs> I know we'll this. She's in happens. good hands. Who knows, though? I mean... Or you can do, this is the other part of surrender, right? Who yeah, knows? that's and right. Right now, if you say to him, what's the most important thing? He'll say, oh, to be kind. Oh, you know. Oh. But who's to say that he's going to say that when he's 16? I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he'll be grunting and sulking around oh, the house. Oh, 100% that's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's absolutely guaranteed. Yeah. And, and like you no say, you're, like you're getting ready. I'm getting ready. You, I'm up for it. You know, training <laughs> that you're in, your hardcore training. Yeah, I'm like an athlete training for teenage years. <laughs> well, I'll let you go because I know um, you're keen to get to try the mat. You call it the body. mat. She calls it the mat. Just mm. get into the mat, you know, get some mat time out there. Get some. Yeah. But seriously, though. I'm so grateful that you're on my first episode. I'm sitting here getting a lot of goosebumps, feeling very like, oh my god, this is amazing, and that you're my first, like, you know, popped the cherry and so insightful and intelligent, and it's just incredible to see. And I'm I'm so excited that you're you're sharing all of this with other people because, like you say, it's about getting to the wider community and for everyone to feel like they're not alone, you know, and mm. that we all make. I don't, know, I don't love the word mistake, but we have all done things in the past, like you say, that we're not proud of and just being kind and, and compassionate to ourselves. So mm. I feel like you've done that by coming on today. So thank you so much. Thank you for Rachel having Coops. me. We're coming on the parenting couch. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rachel Coops. I certainly did. It was really lovely. She's so open and honest so that's it for this week. Look forward to seeing you next week or hearing you or you hearing us next week with the next episode of The Parenting Couch. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care now. Bye.